Didn't come through yet. Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up the world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge for a fresh new start. Jane Nessler will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Hi, everybody. This is Fran Lewis. This is MJ Network. MJ, in memory of my sister, Marsha Joyce. And let me tell you, it's gorgeous outside. The sun is shining, and this is going to be really good because Jonathan Stride is back. Yeah. And he's better than ever in this book. And Brian Freeman is here. Hi. Good morning. And this is really good. This book I read in, like, zap time. Couldn't put it down. <laughs> well, you always read really fast, but I'm I'm glad that uh, glad that Stride kept you turning the pages. Yeah, well, this stride this stride book is really fantastic. I have to tell you, this is this is at the top of the cave. But in the deep deep snow, you got to bring you got to bring Shelby back. Seriously, I love that. She's great. <laughs> so you started yeah, the prologue. Are you going to bring I've her back? Somebody, I hope. I, uh, I'm working on a follow up book to the deep deep snow right now that will be out from Audible next year, and it's uh, it, it's a it's a follow up book, but sort of in a, in a in an unusual way. That's all I'll say. You see, but, I don't know why I know these things, but I know these things. <laughs> so this book so started out, you book. come up with the greatest prologues ever. Um, so how does the prologue and Jonathan's nightmare set the stage for what happens to his friend Steve? And I cried because it reminded me of something else. So that was really good. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I always I always like to, to kind of twist people's expectations around with the prologue. And uh, and, and uh, in, in this case, uh, you know, something something very shocking happens in the prologue. And, uh, and, and you, you realize, I think, right away, that this is not real. Uh, this is actually Stride's nightmare. But of course, I I, uh, I, I want to leave you a little bit off uh, off kilter then for the rest of the book, just wondering how far I'll go and, and what this dream really means for what's going to happen in the book. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, I, I want people to read the prologue pretty closely because that prologue is doing a lot of work in there. There's just some interesting little uh, little things inside there that, that obviously then loom larger in the, in the rest of the book. This is like, it, w- it was so sad because his, his friend is, you know, that, that was really sad. His friend is dying and then all of a sudden, that must have been a shock when he said that to him. It's like a shock to me, like, oh my God, how could you say that? <coughs> yeah, the, 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 the setup here is that, that Stride's best friend and, and Dr. Steve Garski is, is passing away and uh, uh, theoretically that Theoretically, that's the funeral for a friend in the title, but you may find later on in the book that, in mm. fact, I, I, I twist that around as well. Uh, I, I've got to tell you a little, a little Steve Garsky story, though. Uh, it, uh, um, Steve Garsky actually is, is kind of a, a fun backstory because Steve mm. Garsky uh, is a real person. Uh, he's, uh, oh, wow. Uh, he, he was formerly involved with the, uh, the Minnesota Chamber of Commerce, and uh, I had known him for years, and he was part of a – uh, uh, a non, he's part of a nonprofit organization uh, in in Minnesota, and uh, I uh, I donated a naming opportunity a few years back to this nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. and uh, and Steve bid on the opportunity to have his name in the book, and so uh, that was when mm-hmm. I introduced the character of Steve Garsky in the in the Stride series, and I've, I've used him in a couple books since then, and uh, and of course the, the the sort of funny cruel thing is that. Uh, uh, one of our good mutual friends is a uh, is a radio announcer, uh, John Hines, here mm. in the Twin Cities, and uh, he uh, he's been urging me ever since to uh, to kill off Steve Garkey, and uh, <laughs> so I mm. finally uh, I, I finally gave uh, uh, Hines his wish, and uh, I'm I'm uh, getting rid of of Steve uh, uh, in this book, but uh, but you know Steve he's uh, he's he's a good friend to stride, so he's he has an opportunity to 
theoretically kind of rescue Stride, and yet what ultimately happens is Stride gets pulled into this this terrible investigation. The only time I ever got lucky to be a character in a book is they made me the villain, and I was happy. I always wanted to be in, in other people's books, but Karen Vaughn made me uh, Francesca Louise, Eloisa, the, the nasty book reviewer that stole somebody's information and pretended <laughs> it was mine. And yeah, she tried to kill me off at the end, but she couldn't because I wouldn't. I was hilarious. Oh, my God. It was so evil. I was so proud of myself. So When, when, you, when you get your name in a book, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know, but it's fun. That was fun. I even got nasty emails. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so when he visits him and he offers to stay, right before he leaves, he blurts out that he covered for him for what happened in the deeps and he buried the body. That had to be a Ned Bear, not a nice person. Um, he was investigating something, and Stride lets, he gets thrown off. How does somebody react to that when you say, by the way, you killed somebody, and don't, don't, don't worry about it, I'm not going to tell. That's weird. Yeah, that's uh, that. That's again the 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 sort of initial setup of the whole book is that mm-hmm. that uh, Steve on his deathbed confesses that he 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 protected Stride by by burying a body, and and obviously the assumption is Steve had the uh, idea that uh, that Stride was actually behind this, and Stride knows perfectly well who uh, is. Uh, who Steve is talking about, and uh, uh, because there was a confrontation at, at the Deeps uh, mm-hmm. in, in Duluth, and the Deeps is this uh, uh, this swimming hole on the Lester River in in Duluth, and uh, it uh, it's an area where teenagers in particular will often go diving off the cliffs into the water, and uh, uh, the trouble is it, it's a very, very dangerous area, uh, not only because the, 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 the dive from the cliffs is set back, so you really have to get a running start to make it to the water, but when there's been a heavy rain, the deeps becomes just this torrent of flood coming mm. down the cliffside toward Lake Superior. And uh, and and as as Stride observes, you know there are times when uh, the, the river takes a body and doesn't give it back. And uh, uh, so the deeps is, the, is at the heart of all this and, and this confrontation that happened there. Uh, but uh, but when when he realizes that Steve sort of interceded. Uh, in this uh, this confrontation with a journalist named Ned mm. Bear several years ago, uh, he realizes that everything is about to get very complicated in his life. Well, there's a lot of surprises in this one. I won't say what they are, but I could almost bet that there was somebody that was happy that was somebody was whatever in this one. Didn't have to do with them anymore. <laughs> uh, when you and did yes, that, I go like, somebody's, clap- somebody's clapping their hands on this one and not even feeling yeah. any kind of pain. So, <laughs> seriously, yeah, there are I was like, surprises. yeah, there were a lot of surprises in this one. That's why this one was really so good. Well, they were all good, but that's beside the point. So, what would happen if he, he what if he didn't go to visit him? He never go to visit him before he died. He wouldn't have known. So, what would have happened if he never said anything and found a way to get them to? Dig up Steve's backyard without bringing attention to himself. John, he played this. He played this straight. I wonder how many people yeah, would have played it straight. Would have said, you know, like, oh, this happened. I don't know how it happened, but let's see if we can get something happened in his back and not tell. Yeah, that is uh, that is stride for you. I mean, theoretically, uh, he he could have just sort of sat on that information and 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 done nothing or or. Uh, uh, pretended that this was just sort of a, a rambling uh, a deathbed confession that, that Steve didn't really know what he was saying. But you know that's not Stride. I mean, Stride is is uh, Stride is an is, is an honorable man and uh, mm. and is is not the kind of person that can compromise his his ethics or his morals in these circumstances. So he knows perfectly well that mm. that whatever this discovery is, it's it's likely to create a lot of complications uh, in his own life and his own work and yet he goes mm-hmm. ahead and uh, he does it anyway and, and he, he sort of turns I wonder how many real cops would have come clean on that one yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one uh, you know I mean here's a, yeah. a secret that's been sort of buried for literally buried for, for a lot of years and, yeah. uh, and, and Stride goes ahead and, and digs that secret right up well then we have a difficult situation here because Maggie who I like sometimes and not like other times. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. She uh, well, she likes Troy too, and Serena's not happy about that either. Why ask his partner to handle the interview, and how does she proceed? Finding the remains of this journalist drives what happened to Jonathan, and in a sense, Serena too. And I like Serena. You can't kill her off. Just letting you know, I like Serena. <laughs> no, no. She's my kind of person. I, I, seriously. Yes. Well, I've, and I've always, I've always told readers that I, I really don't want to kill off uh, any any main characters. I mean, in, in all of the years I've been writing, and, and uh, I've, I've got more than twenty books out on the marketplace now. There's really only one circumstance where I, I killed off anyone who had been a sort of a, a loved mm-hmm. character in another book. And, and I really struggled with that. I, I was looking for any way I could to, to sort of not allow that to happen or to make it you know seem like it had happened but have have rescue her in the end. And there was just emotionally no way to, to make that work in the in the thread of the book. But I, I always try to steer clear of that because I think what it does is mm-hmm. it it harms the reader's ability to go back and, and reread the books with the same enjoyment. If you if you know what happens to a particular character, it sort of shadows your enjoyment of the earlier books mm-hmm. in the series because you're rereading and you're always thinking about what lies ahead for that character. But uh, but in this case, obviously, Stride Stride knows there's more to what's going on than uh, than meets the eye, and and that he can't really be the one leading in an investigation that that again he anticipates mm. is going to quick point in his direction. Uh, and Maggie, of course, is, is, is torn. I mean, you know, here you have Maggie, who's mm. also a, a very smart, sharp, sharp shop, but also very dedicated to stride, perhaps more, you know, dedicated than she should be in some ways. But um, uh, she knows something's going on right from the get-go and wants to know why stride is mm. covering things up for her. And uh, and so you see some stress in, in, in their relationship uh, here as well. Well, the other character that I love, because basically she reminds me of my niece, is Cat. Yeah, yeah I love her. Yeah, my my niece, my niece Carly is is her. Yes, without a doubt. Yes, and the only time that she doesn't become wrong way Jones is when I straighten her out. And she's in California now, and I constantly, you know, tell her this is what you need to do to n- not do that. <clears throat> so who knows? Yeah, Cat. So Cat is, is great. I love Cat. Yeah, Kat has been in the series now for, for several books. We first met her in The Cold Nowhere, uh, and, in fact, she arrives in the prologue of The, the Cold Nowhere. And uh, I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily know in starting the book that, that uh, I, when I was first starting The Cold Nowhere, I didn't necessarily intend that Kat was going to become a new series character. But in, in the end, she actually became the first new series character in the Stride series. Uh, when she when she came to life and uh, and and she's become such an important part of the series because she's played such a key role in the relationship between Stride and Serena and having this teenage girl in their lives uh, mm-hmm. I, I think has 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 brought Stride and Serena even closer together uh, but you know Cat herself is such a a wonderfully complicated character because she has a very very difficult past that she's always trying to mm-hmm. rise above she's got terrible self-esteem issues uh, and can never really understand, you know, why she's worthwhile as a person. And, and she's, she's always, you know, sort of blundering in and, and making mistakes. And I think what you see with Kat is that it, it, that her, her mistakes have sort of evolved over the mm. course of the last few books and, and that she, she was originally making sort of selfish mistakes, kind of going back to, to who she was. And what you're seeing now is, is, She's she's sort of more focused on doing the right thing, um, but she still doesn't have the judgment to really be able to see what's what's right and what's wrong. And when she's blundering into situations and, and uh, making mistakes, it, at least it's sort of with with a with a good heart in mind. And uh, and so in in this book, I mean, she's she's um, she's still kind of a, I mean, she's still a teenager. I mean, so and that's really the, the mm-hmm. essence of the fact that that she doesn't always. Uh, doesn't always do the right thing, but uh, at the same time, I think you see uh, more of a maturity in Kat throughout the book and, uh, and, and an ability um, to, to sort of rise to the occasion in, in some really important ways. So this is a very important book for Kat as much as it is for, mm-hmm. uh, for Stride. Well, she's, she's got a friend that, I'm, you know, he's not exactly the best influence, Kurt. He likes her. The problem is, is that he likes her too much. She's not good. So, all of a sudden, she has her own 
things, uh, bad things, bad things that happen. Somebody's sending her letters, emails, and now a package, and she realizes that somebody's been invading her privacy. So how does she deal with that? Because she doesn't want to, you know, bother Stride and everything. But yet, if she doesn't, this is going to get worse. And yeah, I mean, here you have here you have Stride, obviously now in the midst of of this this divisive investigation that has put his own life yeah. uh, sort of on hold and turned everything upside down. And and Cat Cat in the previous uh, Stride novel, Alter Ego, um, uh, ended up doing something that put her in a sort of very public profile, and uh, as, as a result, you know, she continues to get both sort of love letters yeah. and, and hate mail and threats from, from people all over the world, and uh, and then, you know, not Kathy and Kat, she, she continues to sort of keep this to herself and doesn't really tell Stride and Serena just how explicit these, uh, these, these messages are, and uh, as a result, doesn't necessarily see the threat that's going on until she finds out that um, there's there's a little something to suggest that uh, this latest stalker, this latest threat that's coming in, is striking very very close uh, to home, and uh, and and suddenly she realizes that this this is not something that's happening far away. This is this is actually right there in her neighborhood. So we have Serena and John. And they need to openly discuss the investigation. That must have been hard for him to tell her. And so why do they both decide, see, this is my other character, and we won't say anything about how, how come they go to see Andrea? Now, that took guts for both of them. And yet she and Serena seem to hit it, but not him, her in stride. I don't know. I don't blame her. There, yeah, there are a couple layers here. I mean, one one is obviously that that, that one thing that both Stride and Serena struggle mm-hmm. with and has all have always struggled with is is being able to be open about what they're dealing with. I mean, they they're 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 naturally kind of both closed mm-hmm. off people. They they're they're Minnesotans, you know. Well, Stride's a Minnesotan, Serena's sort of an honorary Minnesotan, but uh, they don't deal with their 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 emotions very productively, and that's been a problem in their relationship all along. And so, in any circumstances, mm-hmm. it, it's hard for them to get past their their tendency to keep secrets. And uh, Serena, I think, is doing a little better than, than Stride on that, but she, so she's always kind of pushing him and forcing him to open up about what's going on. Um, and, uh, and so that, you know, complicates matters as, as, you know, as Serena realizes that Stride is, is keeping secrets here about what happened. Um, and, then, and then we have Andrea. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so long-time Stride series readers um, will remember that, uh, that um, uh, after uh, Stride's first wife, Cindy, that he lost to cancer, uh, he was actually married for, for, I think, four years to, yeah, to, to someone else. A, it, and that goes all the way back to the very first book, Immoral. Uh, and that's where in Immoral Stride meets this school teacher Andrea, and uh, and and they are married for several years. A relationship that is is clearly uh, a a rebound relationship for both of them, mm-hmm. and, and they're they're just they're not suited for each other, and and uh, you can see that right from the get go. And yet Stride, who is, is completely uh, are devastated by the loss of, of his first wife and, and, and is an emotional wreck. Um, mm. So despite all the despite all the warnings from Maggie that this is this is a terrible mistake, he, he blunders into this relationship with Andrea and and several years into it uh, meets Serena in the context of another investigation. She she's coming into town from Las Vegas, and uh, and very quickly it's, it's obvious to mm. both of them that there's a strong attraction and and stride. Uh, confronted mm-hmm. with Serena, realizes that um, that his relationship with Andrea had, had sort of been doomed from the start, and so that that was the only book in which Andrea appeared was was the very first Stride mm-hmm. novel, Immoral, and so I, I I always kind of saw that as a little bit of a of a an an, an open open story uh, that I hadn't yet sort of tied up, and so I I've been looking for a while about how could I. Uh, kind of go back and and find a story that would bring Andrea back into Stride's life and and force uh, both Stride and Serena to deal with um, the breakup of Stride's marriage and how they came together and and so for both Stride and Andrea and Serena and Andrea uh, that's a very prickly and complicated uh, set of relationships because mm-hmm. of course Stride 
Stride and Andrea got divorced, and and Serena really was the other woman. And so uh, the fact that, that Andrea is sort of in the midst of everything that's going on uh, adds that additional layer of emotional baggage to the investigation. Well, that's just fun to be the other woman, I guess. That must be fun, especially if you win. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so we have basically the reason um, there's Peter Stanhope and did not like this man at all, and Devin Card, and Ned was investigating the rape, <clears throat> supposed rape, and he he could care less, this guy. Ned's partner and Eric are painting a different picture of him, but Ned wants the story. He doesn't care about Andrea and how he takes her down. So why does Peter Stanhope defend Devin? And he's up for some kind of political position, too. Yeah, well, there are a couple, uh, there are a couple old friends, I, I say friends in yeah. quotation marks, that, that reappear in this book. Obviously, you have Andrea coming in from Immoral. Uh, Peter Stanhope uh, uh, re- returns from the fourth stride novel, In the Dark, uh, in yep. which uh, he, he was a rich, uh, a, a, a rich lawyer in town who ended up uh, hiring Serena uh, on, uh, as a private detective, uh, and uh, uh, that made for made for a very difficult relationship. So here we have Peter Stanhope back again uh in in the midst of things and uh and he his one of his best friends is a uh, is a is a congressman who's now running for the senate uh and uh, and and Devin Carr, the congressman is uh, is suddenly enmeshed in uh allegations of sexual assault from back when he was uh a, a college student mm. um, and one of the th- one of the things you always find i in my stride books is there's there's always this mm. sort of uh, ripped from the headlines um, uh, mm-hmm. theme uh, because I really like to be able to uh, take things that, uh, that that are going on in in the real world and twist them around and uh, and and uh, lay them out in, in different ways for the reader. And so as you uh, as as you remember the um, you know the, the Kavanaugh hearings and all of the discussions of of. Uh, misbehavior from from high school and college days, and and what can you trust mm-hmm. from what happened back yep, then? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, yeah, so I wanted I wanted to use that as kind of a way of of, um, of bringing this very complicated, uh, very difficult theme into into one of the books. And so here you have Devin Card, uh, a uh, a congressman who's uh, who's now once again facing this allegation, this anonymous allegation from years earlier. Uh, that uh, that that he was involved in in a sexual assault and uh, uh, and and so the question is what really happened and who was behind this because the the, the person behind the allegation never actually came forward yeah. and so you've had this feeding frenzy of of journalists trying to figure out who was behind that and this was several years ago but one of those journalists who was uh, who was in the midst of that feeding frenzy was uh, mm-hmm. was a man named Ned Bear and uh, and of course Ned is the one that uh, uh, is is currently in the uh, in the bottom of Steve Garsky's garden I know he's accused of poor thing what can I say now we've got Kat I tell love this kid she's great She's facing her own fears, and there's a green marker comes into play. But why can't anyone see the person in action? Because this person is scaring the, scaring her. And then we meet Braden, and Braden is picked to protect her. How come they chose him to protect her? And he's brand new at what he's doing. He's cute, though. Yeah, he's a, he's this young he's this young cop, and Cat can't help but notice mm-hmm. young, extremely handsome cop, and uh, so Cat. Who is very independent and certainly does not like, like the idea of having a police officer babysitting her in the midst of her social life yeah. uh, is is willing to make an exception for for Braden because uh, he, he steps mm-hmm. out of the car and she she takes a look at him and thinks oh well maybe this might not be so bad after all so Cat yeah. <laughs> Braden right right from the get go and uh, uh, and and Braden is clearly a a very you know and sensitive and, and thoughtful thoughtful guy uh, and uh, and yet the hard part is of course Braden is not immune to Cat's charms either and and uh, certainly seems to be Cat uh, certainly seems to feel like he's attracted to her as much as, as she's attracted to him uh, but of course that's not a that's not a relationship that's going to work when you're talking about a a cop trying to protect someone. Well, she likes him. I don't blame her. 
but she she gets in trouble. Well, we'll get to that after. Well, Cat always gets in trouble. <laughs> now, Maggie, but this is a tough one. This guy, Dan Erickson, he's nasty. <coughs> he's really awful. And she's chosen to investigate with Dan to investigate the death of Ned and who's responsible. But if it would, and she's in a bad position because if it's up to Dan Erickson, he'll cremate stride. So, how did yes, you create yes. that? Yeah, I mean, he yes, would like to yes. cremate stride, and and I wasn't sure about how Maggie was going to handle it, or maybe she's going to stab him in the back because now she could, you know, like one up on you. So, how did you create that? And and Dan, I don't like this guy at all, but I'm sure he's coming back again. <laughs> Yeah, Dan. Dan is kind of a uh, just that bad penny that keeps turning up in the Stride series. He he too joined yeah. the cast for the very first time in Immoral, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and then uh, in he was at the center of uh, my third book, Stalked, as well. And, and mm-hmm. he was he was the county attorney, and by the end of Stalked, he was no longer the county attorney. But you know, I mean, Dan Dan is that. Uh, that Dan's that guy you can never quite get away from uh, because he he's come back in a couple books since then always uh, causing problems and, uh, and and always having a, a uh, rather a, a difficult relationship with uh, with Stride and uh, so I I loved the idea of bringing Dan Erickson back once again in this and and here you have uh, the fact that Stride can't investigate the case because he's essentially the prime suspect, and Maggie, being so close to Stride, can't really investigate independently without having some concerns being raised. So the, the police chief is forced to bring in an, a sort of independent outsider to lead the investigation, and, you know, mm. who does he turn to? But Stride, uh, Stride's uh, en- sworn enemy, Dan Erickson, uh, who's certainly not going to show mm-hmm. Stride any favors. And, you know, I mean, Stride, or Dan Erickson is one of those guys that you can't help but love to hate. I mean, he's just so... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, openly, uh, you know, openly sleazy, and uh, and and is always, you know, uh, making you know making comments to Maggie, and and he and Maggie had had a, a very mm-hmm. brief affair a few years earlier, which uh, uh, she is is uh, extremely regretful about, and, and he of course is constantly uh, throwing in her face. So uh, so yeah, they they Dan and Maggie uh, they they make kind of a a wonderfully uh, nasty team between each other. So. Not only that, he gets suspended, he's off the case, and that makes it even harder to deal with. Now, my two other people, Maggie and Serena, they don't like each other, but they have to deal with each other. And Serena has to deal with the fact that if she were out of the picture, Maggie would jump in again with stride. Not good. So how did you create the scenes with them without them killing each other? Because basically... (laughs) I wouldn't, you know, seriously. I mean, Serena's got class, but Maggie, I don't know. They would rip each other apart Maggie, if we had to write it that yeah, way. Yeah, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie's, Maggie's a street fighter. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I know. It, um, uh, yeah, and that that you know that that's one of the, the the fun things about the relationship between Maggie and Serena. I mean, they they've been mm-hmm. sort of uh, they, they they were frenemies even from the very beginning um, because it was certainly obvious to. Uh, to, to Serena that Maggie was was attracted to Stride and uh, and of course Maggie uh, did not like in any way shape or fashion the idea that this sort of glamorous uh, Las Vegas cop comes into town and and Stride immediately is, is smitten with her and and uh, then of course you know you have the, this mm. affair between Maggie and Stride that temporarily derailed mm. the relationship with Serena and now that Serena and Stride are are married uh, they're 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 working to sort of repair their relationship, but there's there's always that that tension between Maggie and Serena. They don't really trust each other, and uh, they they respect each other, but don't necessarily like each other. So every time they get together, there's a little bit of sparks flying, and and sort of an, an under uh, uh, under mm-hmm. the radar kind of rivalry where they're they're both trying to get the upper hand, um, which makes the scenes between them. Uh, very fun to write because they're they're constantly pushing each other's buttons. I'm sure they're not done killing each other. There's going to be more. <laughs> I hope so. Now, Andrea and Stride meet, and she realizes that she's hiding something, and he has to figure out what it is that she's hiding ab- about the rape. So that that's hard. And how do, how do you deal with that? How did he deal with you know coming to see her, and how did Andrea feel about him questioning her about it? Other yeah, than the fact well, that she liked to grant him back. 
Yeah, obviously Andrea and Stride have a a, a very difficult past, and uh, there, there's a lot that Stride does not understand about why Andrea was the way she was and how closed off she mm-hmm. was, both with her and, and with her previous husband. And and uh, Andrea has has uh, has secrets in her past that she's not told anyone about or had not told anyone about. And and Stride is one of the few people that, that knows the, the truth of what's going on. But but he doesn't know the, the full answer to this story either. And, um, you know, a lot of this gets back to how how victims process memory. And uh, that's, a very, that's a very complicated and, and a difficult issue. Uh, and, and interestingly, I, um, I actually did a lot of research on this back when I was doing yeah. Frost, the, the first Frost Ethan book, The Nightbird, because the Nightbird is all about uh, is all about memory, and uh, and and so I was I did a lot of research uh, into how memory works and how memory can get distorted, and um, uh, it it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's such a memory is such a fragile thing, and um, uh, it's the kind of thing that you know that, that Serena and and Stride um, talk about and struggle with. I mean, can you have a crime victim? Who literally misidentifies uh, a, a person that uh, assaulted them, and, uh, and and the reality is, yes, you can. I mean, there there've been there've been a lot of incidents uh, like that, and, and people have gone to prison over misidentifications. Uh, and and it's because uh, because memory is so fragile and so malleable that it's 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 very easy uh, for the brain to sort of uh, make mistakes. Uh, and the question here is. What's really mm-hmm. going on with Andrea, and what what does she accurately remember, and and what is you know, and 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 what is not right, and that's kind of the essence of of you know what needs to happen throughout the book as they explore the sort of this long hot summer in Duluth's past is what really happened all these years ago, and and uh, and is there any way to actually figure out the truth uh, when people are relying on something as as unreliable as memory. Well, yeah, sometimes you just want to forget it. You just don't want to even think well, about and that, it. And that's true, you sort of yeah, block it out of your mind, and it's, it's there, but yeah, you don't want to know if it's there. Yeah. Yes. I think the, we all the have that. Out there, and I remember, I remember there was a, a phrase that somebody used that every time you take a memory out of the, the drawer, yeah. uh, by, the, by the time you put it back in, you've changed it slightly. So the more that you take it in and out of that drawer, the more likely it is that that memory is mm-hmm. going to evolve and, and become something slightly different, and uh, and and the details can be uh, can be you know kind of reworked. I mean, there are instances where people will um, will think that something happened to them decades in their past mm-hmm. uh, that never actually happened at all. It may have been something an incident that they read about in 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 a book, uh, and in the, in the court if it's if it's somehow connected to parts of their past, it can actually become part of their memory, and they lose the ability to know if it's something that really happened or didn't happen. Yeah, that's scary. So, now Kat, she's got a person that doesn't like her a lot. And she's, she disappears, and she's like unpredictable. Well, I don't want to say who, who did it, so I'm not asking about that character, because we can't say anything. Kat is unpredictable. She puts herself in danger is she going to ever? She doesn't think before she does. She's very impulsive, right? <laughs> yes, she That's, certainly. Yeah, I know. Impulsive. Seriously, yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah, we all yeah. do that, and sometimes we all do this. They don't think, oh well, nothing's going to happen. I'm going to do this anyway. So she puts herself yeah. in a bad situation, and she, was she ever going to think before she? And Kurt is not exactly the best friend for her, although he's very loyal to her. He's and then very she loyal. He's very funny. Kurt, yeah, Kat, Kat's friend Kurt. Uh, Kurt, 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 Kurt Dix. Is uh, <laughs> he's, he's such a fun yeah. character to write uh, because he's kind of this ne'er do well uh, who uh, always has these wild plans and, and he comes up with these every book he's working on a different scheme and yeah. uh, and and you know and Cat you know the, the thing about Cat is she's she's maturing I mean you know by the time you get to this book. Cat knows that that these get rich quick schemes that Kurt comes up with aren't going anywhere, and and she's just you know she's humoring him now in a way that that she would have been in the past, and uh, and I think I think as you get toward the end of the mm-hmm. book, I think you you yeah. see that Cat is Cat is slowly getting more 
control over herself and and mm-hmm. is starting to is starting to grow up. I think you can see in the in the in the, the last couple of scenes in this book involving Cassett. I think she really is starting to grow up and uh, and so for me as a writer I, it's going to be really interesting to see where cat goes next and i haven't honestly decided exactly what you know the next sort of issue is going to be for cat in the in the series but uh but i'm looking forward to it because she really is evolving into a very interesting young woman and uh, uh and uh, given all the circumstances at the end of the book which of course we won't go into uh, there's there's all sorts of different ways that this might play out, but um, but yeah, I, I I love Kat. Yeah, I think she's she is starting right. to, you know, she she's starting to evolve past and mature past some of those mistakes, and so it'll it'll be interesting to see where that takes her. She probably would make a good private detective somehow, maybe. She sounds like she wants to be like what Serena is, or something yeah, like that, because she likes danger. Yeah, yeah, does she does she go into you know does she is she be, does she kind of become a police officer like Stride and Serena and Maggie or does she go a different way and uh, uh, and I just haven't decided yet because I don't think I don't think Cat knows exactly what she wants to do yet so I she's gonna have to yeah, she's gonna have to take take me by the hand and lead me along here so <laughs> well, I've got a whole bunch of people listening I got that making comments about everything this is very good Excellent. okay well, so. Great. Now we're going to go back to Andrea, poor Andrea. Who were the primary people? She was at a party, and whose house was it? And what does he reveal about the party? So why doesn't they over they, everybody? It's one of those things where nobody wants to tell anybody anything, so nobody wants to remember what really happened. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, right, and, I got again, that. <laughs> I, I, I was I was I was very much playing off the. The, the Kavanaugh controversy of this, yeah. this party that, that happened decades earlier. And um, uh, a lot of the details have been lost in the midst of time. A lot of, in, initially, at least nobody even knows where this, this took place and who was really there. Uh, and everybody was drinking and, and it was, it was dark. And, and, you know, here you are, you know, literally, you know, decades later, um, what can you trust about what people remember from that time? And, uh, and, and that's kind of the, the essence of it is, is you had this, mm. uh, what they call a party crawl, that they were going from house to house on a yeah. absolute summer, summer night, and, uh, and something bad happened. Uh, and uh, and, and um, nobody's, nobody's disputing that something bad happened, but the question is, mm-hmm. what, what really was it, and, and, and how did it happen, and who was really involved? And, uh, uh, and, and you've got Andrea saying one thing very, uh, uh, you know, and, and absolutely certain that she is right about it, and you have people on the other side saying that uh, they 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 don't believe that, and yet all of this is is shaded through that that haze of memory and emotion uh, uh, to the point where you just it's very hard to get to the truth, and and the, the question is, can you ever really find out mm. the truth um, uh, uh, in something like this? Uh, but of course. When you've got, you know, Stride and Serena involved, somehow I suspect that sooner or later they're gonna they're gonna figure out what really happened. Well, we're not gonna tell anybody what really happened. So Ned was at the party, hmm, and Devin and Stanhope, he's gonna win some kind of seat for the Senate. So if this goes off and he whatever, that's no good. But he's gonna speak. So why does Andrea want to confront him? She really, you know, she's well, brave to do this, that. Uh, this all comes together uh, in, a, yeah. in a, a long, long scene at the Duluth Convention Center with this political yeah. rally, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's broken up into, into multiple scenes. But I, I think it may be the sort of the longest uh, the, the the longest action scene I've I've written in the books um, because yeah. so many different threads are are all coming to play at the convention center between. Uh, you know, Stride and, and his investigation and Kat and the, the person that's stalking her and, and Devin and Andrea and the conflict between them, all these things are, are, are coming to a head in the midst of this, you know, raucous, chaotic, crowded political rally. And, uh, and so uh, uh, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun set of scenes to write mm-hmm. uh, because, again, there's so many people at play here, and so they each are, you know, getting – Close to this, this you know dynamic uh, and dramatic uh, denouement, uh, 
right there in the heart of the uh, uh, in the heart of the rally. Um, so uh, it it um, I, I hope when we get stride on TV, they uh, they put this all into uh, in, into one of the series because I get, it would make for a great you know a great episode. This whole uh, this, this whole confluence of events at mm-hmm. the uh, at the convention center. It would probably much more better than the, what the, what what you watch on television now too. On some <laughs> well, of, those conventions. of course, that's not a high standard these days. I have to say. So. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I, I like you know there's there's fiction and then there's real pure fiction. What can I tell you? And um, so we have another character, Denise. Who is Denise and who is Adam Hawke? And why is he so angry with Denise when they thought about the rapist? She's a strong character though. Yeah, Denise is Andrea's sister, and uh, that's right. I think a, a lot of people might believe that 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 we've met Denise before in the Stride series, but we really haven't. Uh, Denise was mentioned uh, back in Immoral, uh, and uh, and was referenced about being Andrea's sister back in Immoral, but we never actually met her in that book. Um, but you know, here she is. Uh, she used to live in Miami. Now she's back in um, now she's back in Duluth, and uh, and and because she was the one that dragged Andrea on this party crawl. She's kind of at the heart of everything. But ultimately, uh, Denise never knew a lot of things that were really going on, and, and Denise and Andrea didn't necessarily have the best relationship as sisters as well. So, uh, yeah, Denise is, is, uh, is, is, uh, is a tough, interesting character. Uh, I mean, she's, got a, she, she's former military. She's got a really hard shell around her, uh, and yet she also really regrets the extent to which um, she kind of wasn't in her little sister's life, and particularly as, as more of the things come out and she begins to realize that, uh, um, that things were going on in, in Andrea's life that she had no idea about and, and she'd never been there to help her, uh, that, you know, that, that, that you know, takes its toll on, on Denise as well. And yeah. uh, uh, so I, 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 I like, again, the way that relationship evolved, even though it's, it's a sort of prickly difficult relationship between the two of them. Okay, so here we go with this question, too. Before I forget, Monday the 22nd, the author of All We Buried, on the 24th, Allison Brooke, a.k.a. Marilyn Levitson, checked out for murder. On the first, someone we all know, James McCrone, Emergency Powers, finally. And on the fifth, Dear Derwood, Jeff Bond, he's a riot, he's great. On the seventh, Circle of the Dead Girls. On the 13th, a new publicist that found me somehow for hunting men. And on the 15th, somebody, three people we all know and love, third degree, Charles Salzberg, Russ Clavin, and Tim O'Mara, join me for their anthology of You Wouldn't Believe the Stories. They are absolutely over the top and then some. They're really good. So that's just some of October. And I'm very excited that in November, November 2nd and 16th, D.P. Lyle will be there with rigged, and prior bad acts, and that's just some of what I'm up to, sort of. And um, let's see, Angie, how does she feel at the end, Denise, about everything? How does she feel about it? They weren't very close, right? Yeah, no, they 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 weren't, uh, and um, and and I think that that that's always yeah. a, a challenge for someone like uh, that, someone like Denise. But you know, that's that's the the issue, I think that. You know, you you've got with those sort of complicated relationships. Is, is there a way of, uh, of of kind of moving past that and, and repairing the things? Uh, and sometimes sometimes it never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, and and I think that with with Denise, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see does, does she you know does she come back and and uh, and how does that you know how does that relationship change her? Now, question. Um, they're going to take down the person that's after Cat. We can't say who it is, and that that leaves that that creates a problem for Stride. So on three page three twenty five, you created a dream scene. How did you create that? That was really good because I got nervous. Thank you. Yeah, and and that was fantastic. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's like if ever there's something so real, and I'm so glad you brought Cindy back. I love Cindy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if you note um, the dream sequence uh, on page three twenty-five, you'll you'll see that it also um, that's what inspired the cover of the book, um, and that this was the first time that I ever told the publisher this is what I'd really like to see 
on the cover is is you know essentially stride walking down this this road by himself because that's what's happening and of course we won't say why this is all happening or what's going on but um it is it was it was an enormously um difficult emotional scene to write uh, as as you would expect uh and uh, it was it is such a it is such a a huge crossroads and turning point in, in Stride's entire life. And um, uh, it, um, it, it, was, uh, it was the chance to sort of have Stride confront so many things about his past uh, and, and the kind of life that he has led and, uh, and, and where his life goes from that moment forward. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it's one of my favorite scenes uh, in the entire series that that particular sequence uh, and uh, and I've I've told people from the beginning it's, it's obviously the most important scene in in the book and uh, as I said that's really mm-hmm. why I wanted I why I wanted it to be right on the cover so well how does Maggie deal with the fact that Stride lies to her she doesn't play it straight we're both familiar but how he doesn't play it straight with her so how does he deal with it he doesn't tell her the truth about everything does he Okay. No, no, and I think that that that's particularly hard on Maggie because uh yeah. It, it it yeah, I mean, you know, she she still sort of sees herself as having a uh a relationship with Stride that that's yeah. know, very close and very unique and and to realize that uh Stride is is not only not is not only withholding information from her but 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 actively has misled her about things in the past, uh, upsets her. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, Serena is not above pointing out that, that Stride mm-hmm. has told her things that, uh, that, that he has not told Maggie, which only serves to, to, you know, make Maggie even crazier. Uh, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, th- I think this book also marks an interesting transition for, for Maggie and for her relationship with, with Stride and Serena. And, and so, uh, where Maggie goes from here, that's going to be kind of interesting too. Uh, I, I, I'm obviously setting up some interesting transitions for the next, uh, the next round in the series. So, <laughs> well, it's going to get tense people, really tense. So before I get the question that I added, I'm, I'm sitting here, I take doodles, I write notes. Um, when you, I asked this of Alan Jacobson on Monday, when I when we talked about Red Death, that was scary. My God, um, how do you take a character like Jonathan Strider, the other one that I like, Frost Easton, and any other characters that you write about? How do you create it so that <coughs> a character in a series doesn't get old? That every case that he takes is is fresh. That you keep it going so that. A person like myself that reads too many books, I never get bored when I read Jonathan Stride ever, ever. I don't get bored when I read Brian Freeman ever. But how do you do that to keep a reader interested? Because a lot of I've read books and series, and sometimes it's just the same character with another murder the same way. And I go like, why am I right. reading this? I could, I could, I could write the book myself. How do you do that? Yeah. Because nothing, no two books <laughs> that you write are the same, ever. Yeah, that and that that's part of the real delicate balancing act of, of making a series work is is you have to keep the series yeah. fresh and spontaneous and the characters need to keep growing. And yet at the same time you need to write them in such a way that essentially each book functions like a standalone. I mean, I, you want new yeah. readers to be able to dive into each book and not feel like they have to go all the way back to the beginning and, and start reading. Uh, and so um, the, the, there's a couple ways that, that I approach that. And one is I, when I'm thinking about series books and thinking about the Stride series in particular, I'm, I'm looking at it through the lens of what's going on in these characters' lives and what is likely to happen next mm. for them. Uh, and, um, and so it's the evolution of those characters that, that really drives um, the plot, because I then build the mystery around what I see happening next in the lives of the characters. Um, and as a result, I think that means that the characters are constantly growing and changing. Uh, when you look at Stride in Funeral for a Friend, he is a very different man than he was when you met him in Immoral. Uh, and that's because of all of the things that have happened to him along the way in, in the series and, and in the other books. Um, and I think still you can read Funeral for a Friend and, and meet Stride for the first time as a new reader 
in that book. And what I hope is that you then want to be able to go back and see in the other books how he has evolved to that point. But standing there at a funeral for a friend, he's a fully developed character on his own. You don't need to have known all these other things to, to appreciate mm. who he is uh, in this book. So that, that really, in my mind, is how mm. a, a series should go. And, and if the characters stop changing and growing and evolving, then you might as well stop writing the series because uh, that's when it will start to get stale. I mean, if, if it's just you know, the same police detective is is, in, is is writing a different mystery. Well, unless that character is, is enormously appealing, which, I mean, some, some writers can certainly do, in, but unless you've got a, just an incredibly sympathetic character, um, I think people are going to get kind of bored with the idea yeah. that this is an, an unchanging character who's simply dealing with a different mystery each time. That strikes me as getting kind of, kind of old. Um, so, uh, for me, I want the series characters to be growing and changing and, and facing different challenges in life, just the way all of us do as people. I mean, none of us are going to be the same, you know, 10 years down the road that we were, you know, a decade earlier because of all of the events of our lives. So that should be true of the, of the, the series books as well, is, is uh, Stride has to continue to, to face change in his life. And as long as that's happening, then hopefully the books will stay fresh for the reader. Well, I, I agree, seriously. Um, Strider, Strider is, is is great, but if he was perfect and had no flaws, I would be bored. Right. And if everything exactly that he right. did, and if everything he did went perfectly well without having a problem, I would go like, that's not true. It doesn't happen that right. way. Right, right. Yeah, I don't like and to write about superheroes, and I don't like to write about supervillains. I mean, there have certainly been some characters yeah. in my books that are, are quite evil, but uh, generally speaking, I, I, I like more complicated villains where, where you really get some uh, appreciation for what it was that yeah. drew them across a, a difficult line. Well, we won't tell anybody who the villain was in this one because it's going to shock you, late the lights out of you. So, Cat, she's very special. But yet, is she going to realize that she's so special? And where will she wind up? What is she, when she when yeah. she just finally wind up? That that that's like a, a, a question mark with her. I know. I, I and I, I as I say, she hasn't really told me yet, uh, and yeah. I, I don't think she knows yet. I mean, she's clearly maturing, um, which yeah. which she had to do. Um, but um, but what what comes next for her? I mean, she's still young, so we'll we'll see. But I mean, I think her her days of of you know wild mistakes and and oh, good. Uh, and, and sort of immature you know behavior. I think that's probably fading away from her. And yet, uh, she's certainly always going to be kind of. Uh, uh, a risk taker. I mean, I think that's part of her personality. Um, so where that, you know, where that takes her next, that, that's one, that, one, that's again, one of the interesting things about a series is to see where a character goes as they, as they change. Well, there are a lot of teams that can learn a lot from not doing the wrong thing. Uh, where do you <laughs> see well, the ending of the book has a big question mark? Yeah. And I was like, it made sense, though. Seriously, I think that if if he didn't say that, it wouldn't make sense. So where do you see Stride next, and is and what about Maggie? That's a kind of like hard to deal with situation. Seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's it's. I mean, people are, with every Stride book that I write, people are always asking me, "Oh my gosh, is is this the last Stride novel?" And uh, and and I always tell them, "Well, that's certainly not my intention. I mean, my intention is to keep." writing stride books and, and, and having new characters grow and evolve. But I also know that, you know, life is unpredictable. So I, I try to end each stride novel with sort of mm-hmm. a, an emotional um, uh, resolution that if for some reason in my life I was not able to write another stride novel, um, that, that people would feel like they had a, a complete, satisfying, emotional closure to the series. And I think you get that with each of the, with each of the books. Uh, and you certainly get that here. Um, now, as it happens, I mean, I know what I want. I, I know a little bit of what I want to do next with Stride. I, I, I have not started any kind of work on another Stride book yet, and it'll probably take me just a little while before I can get back to him. But, um, uh, but you know, I, 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 I think the resolution of this book opens up a lot of interesting opportunities for where to take all the characters next. And so certainly I've, I've got ideas in mind about how I might start to uh, – to use some of those things. I know it's like 
You can't get rid of well, you can't kill off Joy. Maggie, I don't know. Go ahead himself. <laughs> would you would you ever give him another partner besides her? I mean, now that she's you know in a different spot, it's kind of like never, a hard situation. I never say never. I know. I know. You never know. So, where do you see um, Stride next? Not not Stride. Where do you see Serena and Stride next? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they again, all the characters have have some something that they they need to resolve, and uh, there are certainly still elements of Serena's past yeah. that uh, that she has not dealt with, and so you never know whether there oh, might good. be surprises from Serena's past that will will come back to life. Um, so, but that the, the good thing about the end of Funeral for a Friend is that it actually leads me a lot of different directions that I might choose mm-hmm. to uh, to go in the in the next book. So I'm ready for it. So what's next for you besides my new favorite book, Deep Deep Snow? I read two hundred and fifty pages yesterday. But then I, I have two that. books that I have to read for um interviews and they put me to sleep, so I went back <laughs> to Deep Deep Snow. It's not that they're not good, the it's just that yeah. the characters like, you gotta be kidding me, this person is a sleuth? Not really. Yeah, yeah, I love the Deep Deep Snow. It's one of my all-time favorite novels. It was a New York Times bestseller, and and uh, so yeah, it finally arrives in a print edition on October 27th. And uh, I, I hope people who have not yet experienced it via audio or ebook, I hope they they have a chance to pick up the paperback of the Deep Deep Snow because it it really is one of my favorite books. It, it's in female first-person narration. The character of Shelby Lake is one of my all-time favorite mm. characters. She's, she's just a she's just a great heroine. Uh, and uh, and I'm going to be keeping you busy. My my next standalone thriller is called Infinite. It's the most unusual thing I've ever written. I, I it's uh, it, it's it's oh, a good. great great book. It, yeah, it, it's unlike anything I've ever done before. And yet it's a classic Brian Freeman thriller. So I can't wait to have that in the marketplace. That will be coming out in March. And I'm working on two new books simultaneously right now. I'm working on the next. Uh, Jason Bourne book for the Robert Ludlum estate, which will be coming out next summer. And then I'm working on a follow-up book, as I mentioned, to The Deep, Deep Snow for Audible. So that will be released oh, Audible original sometime later next year. So uh, so there will be a lot on the horizon. This is very good. It's going to keep me very busy. I can see it, which is really good. <laughs> I, I mean, really, <laughs> I have... I have um, a whole bunch inside, and then I look at deep, deep snow. And go okay, it's time to finish you before it starts to snow. Um, yeah, I'm almost done with it. It's it's sad. I mean, I, I figured it's out a, something. It, it's, it's a very sad, emotional yeah. book. It's a very emotional. It is. Book. It's yeah, a very yeah. sad book, but it made sense. But I, just before we go, where can everybody learn more about you, Stride? And are you going to do a first season? Because somebody asked that on Facebook the other day. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know I left Frost. I love Frost Easton. Yeah, and 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 it's just it's just taking me some time to squeeze Frost back into the rotation. Adding in Jason Bourne made that a, it, it made it a little difficult. I'm I'm working on three books this year, which which is uh, is, is taxing to say the least. So, but I mm-hmm. I've not forgotten. Uh, people can find me everywhere. Uh, my my website is bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one word, bfreemanbooks.com. It's got information on all my books and links to retailers where you can purchase them. And then you can find me on social media as well. I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram at bfreemanbooks, and I'm also on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. Uh, and I love interacting with readers. I love having people uh, post to me and send me emails and things. So uh, go out there and, and track me down and uh, and get in touch. I, I always enjoy hearing from readers. Well, I'm excited too. I usually don't say anything, but my new book, What If, just got five five-star reviews. I won four-star. Yeah. Fantastic. It's sci-fi. I am, um, yeah. Well, there are people that I wrote it because of the pandemic. And sure. um, the stories are, what would you do if you lived in the eight worlds that I created? Would everybody start realizing that we have to do something about the world we're in? And it's scary. And some people liked it. Some people don't. I don't care. But I wrote it, and I'm (laughs) going to write the next one. It's going to be called What's Next? Um, Faces Behind the Masks, The Forgotten People. And it's going to deal with more things about the pandemic. I don't know why I wrote it. I just sat down and wrote it one day, and it's like scared me. And I'm very honored that my... My 18-year-old niece asked to have a copy of it yesterday. She's reading it, too. 
So that was really good. But thank you so much. I can't. I, this is great. This book is so good. Anybody, a funeral for a friend. And I got another present yesterday. They sent me a hard copy of it, too, so that one, no one's getting that oh, one. Oh, well, there you go. That's great. Yeah, and I hope I get the next one that's coming out in March because this is fantastic. But thank you so much, Brian. Everybody, be careful out there. And, you know, follow the guidelines. It's not so bad. You wear a mask, big deal. So they can't see the wrinkles on your face. What difference does it make? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it, it saves your life and it saves somebody else. Everybody stay safe, Brian. Thank you. Have a nice day, everybody. Thank you. And bye. Bye-bye.